Chapter Four of Grace Harlowe's Senior Year at High School. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ashley Jane. Grace Harlowe's Senior Year at High School by Jessie Graham Flower. Chapter Four. Grace turns in the fire alarm. "'I wonder what sort of excitement we shall have next,' remarked Grace Harlowe to her three friends one afternoon as they gathered in the senior locker-room before leaving school. Three weeks had elapsed since Mabel Allison and her mother had met in room 47 of the hospital, and many events had transpired in that short space of time. The girl chums had been entertained at Hawk's Nest by Mrs. Gibson, and were in consequence the most important persons in the girls' high school. They had found Mrs. Gibson charming, and had been invited to repeat their visit at an early date. Mabel's story had circulated throughout Oakdale, and she and her friends were the topic of the hour. The one cloud on their horizon had been the fact of the inevitable separation. They had begged and entreated Mrs. Allison to take up her residence in Oakdale for the balance of Mabel's junior year, but on account of home matters she had been unable to comply with their wishes. So Mabel had departed for Denver with her mother, while the chums had kissed her and cried over her, and had extracted a laughing promise from Mrs. Allison to bring her to Oakdale during commencement week to witness the graduation of the Phi Sigma Tau. "'It seems as though we have done nothing but say good-bye to people ever since school began,' said Anne Pearson, with a little sigh. "'I know it,' exclaimed Nora. First our boys, then Mabel, and—' "'And now all we can do is wonder who will fade away and disappear next,' finished Grace. "'Promise me that none of you will run away from Oakdale, or elope, or do anything that can be classed under the head of vanishing.' "'Oh, I think we're all rooted to the spot for this year,' said Jessica. "'But what about next? Nora and I will be in a conservatory, Grace will be in college, and Anne—where will you be, Anne?' "'Goodness knows,' replied Anne. "'I'd like to try for a scholarship, but how on earth could I support myself, even if I were fortunate enough to win?' "'Don't worry about that,' said Grace quickly. "'That is for that all-wise body, the Phi Sigma Tau, to consider. We will be your Ways and Means Committee, Anne.' "'Oh, I couldn't think of weighing you girls down with my cares,' replied Anne soberly. "'I must work out my own salvation.' By this time they had turned out of High School Street and were moving in the direction of Grace's home, where the majority of their chats took place when Nora suddenly exclaimed in a low tone, "'Look, girls, there is Eleanor Savelli.' "'Where? Where?' demanded three eager voices as their owners followed Nora's glance. "'Across the street,' replied Nora. "'Don't let her know that we are looking at her.' Sure enough, on the opposite side of the street, Eleanor Savelli was to be seen strolling along in company with Edna Wright and Daisy Culver, two seniors who had been her faithful followers since her advent in Oakdale. "'Excitement number one,' remarked Nora. "'The fair Eleanor comes and our peace of mind departs. I had cherished vain hopes that she wouldn't favour us with the light of her countenance this year, even though she did inform Grace of her laudable desire to stay with the seniors for pure spite.' "'Never mind, Nora,' said Jessica. "'I don't believe she'll worry herself about us, even though she did make dire threats.' "'Remember what I told you last year, girls?' said Grace, in a tone of admonition. Be careful what you do and say whenever she is near. She despises the Phi Sigma Tau and would revenge herself upon us at the slightest opportunity. She comes of a race who swear vendettas. 
"'She better not swear any when I am around,' retorted Nora with spirit, "'or she will find that the Irish are equal to the occasion.' "'Don't excite yourself needlessly, Nora,' laughed Anne. "'That splendid Hibernian energy of yours is worthy of a better course.' "'How provoking!' suddenly exclaimed Grace. "'I've left my library book in the gym, and it's a week overdue now. "'I shall simply have to go back and get it. "'It's only three o'clock,' she added, consulting her watch. "'Who will go with me?' "'Of what use is it for all of us to go?' complained Nora. "'We'll wait right here for you, and you can hurry faster by going alone.' "'All right, lazy, unsocial creatures,' said Grace good-humouredly. "'I'm off. Be sure you wait.' She hurried in the direction of the high school, and in an incredibly short time was running down the corridor of the wing that led to the gymnasium. Remembering that she had laid her book on the window-sill, Grace lost no time in securing it, and taking it under her arm waited toward the door. Suddenly the faint smell of smoke was borne to her nostrils. She sniffed the air, then murmured, "'I wonder what's burning.' The smell seems to come from over there. Perhaps I'd better look around. It won't take a second. She slowly retraced her steps, looking carefully about her. There's no smoke to be seen. She turned to go, then impelled by some mysterious influence, her eye travelled to the door of the small room at the left of the gymnasium. With a cry of consternation, she sped across the floor, flung open the door, and staggered back, choked by a perfect volume of smoke that issued from within. The interior of the room was in flames. To think was to act. Unless help arrived speedily, their beloved gymnasium would soon be a thing of the past. Grace tore through the corridor like a wild girl, and darted out the door and across the campus. There was a fire alarm on the street below the high school, and toward this she directed her steps. Pausing an instant before the box, she looked about her for something with which to break the glass. Spying a small boy strolling toward her, a baseball bat in his hand, she pounced upon him, seized the bat before he knew what had happened, and smashed the glass with one blow. Giving the ring inside a vigorous pull, Grace shoved the bat into the hands of the astonished youngster and made for the nearest telephone. Hurrying into Stillman, she discovered her disgust that the telephone was in use, but a moment later she was at the door again out on the street. Her quick ear had caught the clang of the bell on the fire engines, and the thing to do now was to go back to her chums with the news, and then off to the fire. "'The gymnasium is on fire!' she cried as she neared the spot where they awaited her. "'Hurry, all of you! Perhaps we may be of some help!' Her three friends needed no second invitation, and throwing all dignity to the winds, raced down the street in the direction of the burning building. When they reached the high school, smoke was issuing from the windows of the gymnasium and from the roof and chimneys, and situated as it was like a connecting link between the two buildings, it was an easy matter for the flames to spread in either direction. Even in the short time it had taken Grace to turn in the alarm, the fire had made tremendous headway, and great tongues of flame shot up toward the sky. The roof had caught and was burning rapidly, although the firemen played a constant stream upon it. As the fire grew hotter, the other companies were called out, and soon the entire Oakdale Fire Department was at work. Ropes had been stretched around the burning part of the building to keep venturesome citizens outside the fire belt. Grace stood as close as she dared, Nora, Anne, and Jessica at her side. "'Oh, do save our gymnasium!' she shrieked as several firemen hurried past her. "'Can't do it, miss,' replied one of them. "'It's a goner. If we save the school, we'll do well, let alone the gymnasium.' 
Long and strenuously the firemen fought the hungry flames. The wind was in the wrong direction and helped to fan the blaze. One of the gymnasium walls fell in with a terrific crash, almost carrying with it two firemen who had been playing a stream from a rung of a ladder that leaned against it. There was a cry of horror from the assembled crowd that changed to a sigh of relief when it was discovered that the two men had saved themselves by leaping. "'Oh, if only I were a man!' breathed Grace, as she watched the fireman's efforts to gain control of the situation. I wouldn't stay here a moment. I'd be in the thick of the fight. Hold her, girls, or she'll dash straight over the ropes, said Nora. I'd like to, retorted Grace. It's dreadful to stand here, unable to help, and see our dear old Jim go, and perhaps our school, too. Well, you turn in the alarm, and that's a whole lot, declared Jessica stoutly. If you hadn't seen the blaze when you did, things might be a good deal worse. As it is, I believe they're getting the fire under control. It does look that way, exclaimed Anne. See, the flames are dying out over on that side. Oh, if it would only rain and help things along. I believe it will rain before night. The clouds look heavy and threatening, declared Nora, squinting at the sky. The weather prophet has come to town, smiled Anne. For the next hour the girls stood eagerly watching the gallant work of the firemen. A dense crowd, composed largely of high school boys and girls, packed the campus while people blocked the streets outside the gates. Intense excitement prevailed, and when it became evident that the main building was safe, a mighty cheer went up from the crowd. "'Bless their hearts!' exclaimed Grace. "'They are just as fond as we are of Oakdale High School. But, oh, girls, why are we going to play basketball?' The girls looked at each other in dismay. "'What is life without basketball?' said Nora sadly. "'True enough,' said Anne. "'But even though the gym is gone, we still have our school. It would be simply terrible to have it go in our senior year.' "'No doubt the gym will be rebuilt at once,' remarked Jessica. "'I'm not so sure of that,' replied Grace. "'My father belongs to the Common Council, and I heard him tell Mother the other day that the high school has been refused an appropriation that they had asked for.' "'Oh, well, then, we high school pupils will raise the money ourselves,' said Nora lightly. "'That idea's worth looking into,' said Grace eagerly. "'We might help a great deal.' "'Grace has a busy little helper stunt on the brain,' jeered Jessica. "'Anything to help matters moving,' laughed Grace. "'I'm an advocate of the strenuous life. "'But seriously, girls, how splendid it would be to feel that we had been instrumental in rebuilding the gymnasium.' Fine, agreed Nora. We used to sing a song in kindergarten when I was young and foolish that started out, We are little builders, although at that time I never expected to really become one. Nora, said Grace severely, you have all Hippie's bad traits and some of your own thrown in. It was nearing six o'clock before the four friends left the scene of the fire and started for home. Nora's prediction of rain proved true, for just as they made their way across the campus, the rain began to come down in torrents, wetting them to the skin, but in no respect dampening their joy over the fact that this shower had come just in time to save their high school from further ravage by the flames. End of chapter 4